when they do that, they, they want your users. They don't necessarily want your program, but they want the users. It's hard to put like a price on your users like that. If you have like 10 million users or something, how much is each one of them worth? And that's like something I feel really uncomfortable with. Welcome back to the Gaming Careers Podcast, a show about the tools, techniques, and the people in the live streaming industry. I'm your host, Pete Wilkins, and on today's show, I'm very excited to be talking with probably the one person who has given the most to the live streaming community. No matter if you've just started streaming or if you've been streaming for years, you've almost definitely used OBS Studio or a fork such as Streamlabs OBS as your broadcasting software. OBS Studio has enabled millions of people around the world to live stream and has been the backbone software behind pretty much every full-time streamer's career. Today, we are talking with Hugh Bailey, better known as Jim, the guy who has built OBS. So Jim, welcome to the podcast. Tell me, how did this whole OBS thing start? When did you first have the idea to build some streaming software? I'd been a programmer since I was like eight years old. So it's like, I, I was always really good at programming. My brother was a programmer. It's just like I grew up doing it. So when I turned 30, streaming was just starting. You know, it was like StarCraft, you know, StarCraft Two, particularly. I'd watch like the day nine show every day and uh, watch people playing StarCraft. And I was like, man, I want to do this too, you know, because people were streaming with XSplit. You know, I thought it was super cool. But it's like, the thing is that whenever there's something I want to do and there's a tool that I need, it's sometimes I get like this temptation just like to write it myself. Well, I think I speak for everyone when I say we're very grateful that you did get that urge to build something yourself. What did the early versions of OBS look like? I had already written this little screen capturing tool to capture my <laughs> my StarCraft II mini map, and then it's display it super big on my left screen, so I'd be able to have like an advantage. So I had already written something like that. So I was like, oh, I've already done this, you know. And then I just like created OBS Classic. I actually don't normally call it OBS. Everybody else calls it OBS, but I just called it OBS. I named it after the Protoss Observer originally, and I just called it OBS. You know, I turned it into an acronym, so that's sort of how it came around. I never knew that OBS was short for Observer. I mean, obviously, I knew it from the acronym, um, but I guess even I learned something new today, even though I've been using your software for seven years now. What do you think was the real reason that OBS stood out at that time? Because there was other streaming software available. I was experimenting with people like, okay, I'm developing this new game capture. It's going to be super cool. It's going to be super performant. It's going to have the best performance. I was just like trying to figure things out. I didn't know what I was doing. So it's like I made the first version of game capture. Before OBS, how programs would capture was that they would take like the texture data off of your video RAM and they would put it onto your normal RAM. So that caused a massive performance hit. So what I developed was a thing where it would keep it on the video RAM, and then I would be able to copy it over to my program without moving it off of video RAM. So it's just like, it was the super performant method. And, you know, when I started it up, you know, people were super excited. And it's like, wow, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, and all the uh, esports people were like, they considered it a must have. And I was just like, it was, it was fun. It was so fun. To be honest, I didn't think I would, anything would happen with it. I figured that like people would still use like paid programs or, you know, the paid programs would, you know, continue to dominate. It was kind of a shocker to me that the program ended up being so popular or getting so popular. I remember picking up OBS relatively early on in its development, um, certainly back when it was called OBS Classic. Can you tell us a little bit about why you rebuilt it into OBS Studio? 
just after one year, I was like, okay, I need to start over. I, I can't stand working with this code anymore. I need to start over, start fresh, make something, you know, really specialized towards this because OBS Classic, I was just like winging it the entire time. I just, I had experience with encoding before, but I didn't have like experience with like video encoding before and having to sync up audio and video. And there were so many awful hacks. Anything that I did would break compatibility with older versions at the time. And that was extremely difficult because I was kind of pissing off a lot of users. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start fresh, make everything, you know, let's make everything perfect this time around, you know, and it's like, you'll never get it perfect. I would love to do it again, but I'm not going to because it's just like, it's good enough. It's good enough. (laughs) I know the feeling. On that topic, what is the feature you would say over the last seven years of development of OBS Studio and even OBS Classic before that, what feature are you most proud of? Maybe the audio system, because I, I ended up rewriting the audio system, if this makes sense. And the audio system, what I wanted to do was I wanted to eliminate like one second of latency from the program, right? So the program, going from the program to the server, you you have you naturally have some latency. You're going to have some audio latency, you know, and you're going to have some encoding latency. You know, the videos have to, the video frames have to encode. So they need like 20 frames of buffering. But there was this massive amount of latency that I really didn't like. Uh, and it was like all the audio system. So what I did was I made this dynamic buffering system to where it would always have like the most, the minimal amount of latency at all times. So it's like whenever you use OBS normally, it's probably only going to incur about 23 milliseconds of latency at max. Uh, Before it was like one second because that was like an easy way to mix. But basically it dynamically increases and uh, it's just nuts. And so maybe that's probably the feature. But I kind of regret it because it's so complicated. It's it's kind of bittersweet. It's like the thing I'm most proud of and the thing I'm least proud of. It's kind of crazy like that. Uh, you know, that, that that feature is just like, I wish I didn't do it. But at the same time, it's like it gives like that latency benefit that you just can't get anywhere else. Certainly, I get super excited whenever I see that there is a major new version of OBS released. And I'm sure a lot of the live stream community feel the same way. But that must be quite a stressful time for you guys with so many users now reliant on your software and downloading the latest updates. How is it exactly to develop such a popular program? Every time we make a release, it's risky. We have to run beta builds for like weeks before we make the release just to like make sure we know that whether there's any bugs or not or any unexpected behavior, it's uh, it can be kind of a pain. There's always like something that slips into release. Even in like version 24, 24.0.2, there was like a crash that could have been avoided if we had like automated tests. I, I tested the 64-bit version, but I didn't test the 32-bit version. And then people who had the 32-bit version started having a crash. And then I had to release 24.0.3 to fix that. I mean, we always release a hot fix like the moment we spot like a major bug or something like that. And we'll patch it right away. So it's not, not too huge of a concern. But people are always kind of trepidatious whenever updating to a new version of OBS. They're like, oh, I'm going to wait until a hotfix or something, you know, and it's like it's kind of an understandable concern because, you know, it's kind of unavoidable. I think that that is probably a problem that happens when your software gets so popular that a lot of people download it, because even major software that has hundreds of developers behind it, like Adobe's Creative Suite, that still has major issues on release because they can't test for every single system. So it's often worth waiting for a bug fix. 
One thing that I think is incredibly admirable about you is that the software OBS Studio has become so popular now with millions of users. You must have had some major, major offers from companies looking to buy the software. How has this managed to stay free? Yeah, I can tell you right now that I have had offers, but uh, I've had some serious offers. I'm talking like uh, like seven digits, but it's like a streamer I love put it once. I don't need a yacht. I've made enough money to where I feel like I've been able to run the project the way I want and the way the users want. So it's been complicated. I'm not going to say who or anything like that, but it's like when they do that, they they want your users. They don't necessarily want your program, but they want the users. So it's like it's hard to put like a price on your users like that. If you have like 10 million users or something, how much is each one of them worth? And that's like something I feel really uncomfortable with. I'm not going to put a price on my users like that for cheap sellout personally. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't think it equates with like the streaming situation for the streaming platforms, because for the streamers, it's a completely different situation because if I sell out my users, I don't know what's going to you know happen to the program. You know, people rely on this program for like the first year for not even the first year for like the first three years i was like in the trenches of like support every single day for my program i interacted i read every single forum post i responded to almost every single chat message every single dm and i got to know so many people and so many people's lives have been changed by my program that i i love my users a little bit too much to be able to do that well i'm just very glad jim that you guys now have options over on Open Collective and on Patreon where people can support you financially with the development of OBS. So anybody listening, if you do want to support OBS's development, you can head to obsproject.com forward slash contribute to become a patron or a member on Open Collective. So Jim, over the past couple of years, we've seen some alternative streaming solutions coming to market, specifically Streamlabs releasing their fork of OBS, Streamlabs OBS, and Twitch have just released their uh, Twitch studio streaming software. How do you personally react to these releases? Do you check them out yourselves and does it apply more pressure to you guys on the OBS Studio team? Probably all of the above. You know, of course it makes you feel a little bit of pressure. You know, it kind of ignites a flame. It's like, I want to, I'm not going to let them do this. You know, it's like, it's funny. But I feel like the program is in such a good position just because of the nature of open source that it's it's not really ever going to be quite the same. Like as a, a really late stage open source software, somebody's always going to be on the catch up. You know, it's like, I will always have like some problems and we'll probably have like kind of different kinds of problems for a long time just because of open source. You know, it's, I'm never going to be able to like have a large team and things like that very easily just because of the nature of the fact that, you know, we don't really have that much money input compared to like, you know, 89 million or something like that. But I feel like we're always going to be at the advantage just simply because there are so many people involved who really care about it, myself included. So I I don't feel as much pressure as as you would think. But I do feel like that need to compete and want, wanting to compete. Well, they say that competition is always good for the end consumer. And in this example, I'm kind of thinking of the end consumer being a streamer, but OBS is used in so many different applications now. It's not just streamers that use it. YouTubers use it to record a screen capture or record gameplay, and you've got podcasters using it and even more professional setups. Do you ever get tempted to 
bundle more and more scope into OBS Studio, or do you think you've managed to keep it relatively contained? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So many people just use it for so many things. And there's so many things that people use it for that I'm just like, it blows me away because I was like, I never expected them to be using for this. OBS Studio is actually used to replace like, even like big switching programs, you know, that would be used like in industry were used for tournaments. I heard that we're being used at the BBC, like NBC, obviously not not going to be used as like normal switching software that's we're probably just being used as like the streaming output but it's like uh but yeah i mean we're being used for so many things that is just completely unexpected and uh yeah i'm okay with that personally uh but it's like do i feel uncomfortable with the fact that it's being that it has such a large scope i don't necessarily feel that it has that large of a scope despite the fact that people use it for so much so many things i feel like the scope has been kept pretty simple it's like screen recording capturing recording streaming you know and it hasn't really deviated that much from that <laughs> excluding the browser source stuff jim how many people work on obs today how many people are actively contributing to the development of obs studio I suppose the core team is still basically just me, but if we're talking about like contributors, we have like hundreds of contributors. If we're talking about like the core group of people who hang out together, it's probably like 10 to 20 people right now. If we're talking about like the greater contributor base, it's like 40 to 50 people who are somewhat active. And then a lot more after that who are, who are just like one time or two time contributors and things like that. I really hope that we can move up and be able to get more people full time on it. That would be amazing. But, uh, you know, we just got to take things one step at a time. I can imagine that even hiring one extra full time developer on the OBS Studio project would massively free up your time to be able to review more pull requests and develop more exciting features for the future. But, Jim, as a developer and somebody that's working full time on this project, do you actually ever get to test it out properly, use it yourself, and live stream? I haven't streamed in like a year, but I never really streamed very consistently. I only streamed like once or twice a year, but I haven't streamed at all like in 2019, not a single time. And uh, I think it's just because um, too many people know about my channel now. I'm too shy. I can't do it. I I can't really put on that consistent performance for people. I think a lot of people listening to this will relate to that feeling like you have to entertain and constantly perform on your stream. So if you're not really streaming that much, do you get any time to watch any streams? Who do you like to watch? Dude, I watch so many streamers. I don't really have that many friends nearby at all, really. Uh, but um, so it's like streaming. It's kind of weird. Streaming has become like this thing. You know, you just need that little bit of social padding in your life. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll just watch some streams because I love watching, you know, it's like Lyric or a Waffle or Soda Pop and, you know, or Moon Moon. And it's just like, I just love watching them. They're just funny dudes, all of them. You know, I could, I could go on and on on how many streamers I watch, actually. I have a lot. I watch a lot of streams. What are your thoughts on the big platforms like Mixer, Facebook, and YouTube now paying big money to sign exclusive deals with the top streamers. Do you watch any of these streamers on any platforms other than Twitch? Well, I don't really watch like the people who are moving over are kind of like Fortnite streamers and things like that. And uh, I don't really play Fortnite, so I'm not really too interested in Fortnite. I've watched a little bit of Ninja. He's he's a cool dude. When Mixer gets like somebody who's not like a primarily an esports streamer, I think I'll probably end up watching them. But at the moment, none of the streamers that I personally watch are on Mixer. 
So it's like, I, I'm, I'm pretty much primarily just Twitch at the moment. I think that's pretty much how everyone feels about it at the moment. The waves that have been created by these big acquisitions certainly have created some interest and at least some discussion about which platform to watch and which platform to stream to. But the majority of people are still concentrating on Twitch. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this was a really interesting conversation and uh, I want to thank you once again for all of the work that you've done for the streaming community, building this amazing free software that so many people use to stream or create a hobby or even have their full-time job running from your software. So thank you once again for coming on. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found the conversation interesting. If you did, please do head across to the Apple Podcast Store or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. Subscribe and leave me a rating. This really helps with getting the podcast discovered by other streamers, helping them on their journeys too. Thanks again to Jim and the rest of the OBS Studio team. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.